You're listening to the EFC Podcast. Helping to sponsor a refugee family and working with other Christians to help that family settle into Canadian life has been one of the best experiences I have had with church outreach. My name is Karen Stiller. In this interview, Brian Dick, Migration and Resettlement Program Coordinator with the Mennonite Central Committee Canada, spoke to us about the theology around working with refugees and also just some really good practical tips for churches. I think you're going to find it helpful. The January-February 2020 issue of Faith Today magazine offers more information and inspiration and also takes us behind the scenes of one group of Christians' attempts and experiences to bring a refugee family to our country. If you don't have a copy, email me directly at senioreditor at faithtoday.ca and I'll be happy to mail you one. Brian, how many refugees has the Mennonite Central Committee in Canada helped bring to our country in the last few years, or whatever time frame makes sense to answer? Sure. Well, I mean, we have been involved in this since 1979 in terms of being a sponsorship agreement holder. And since that time, we've brought about 12,000 people through the refugee resettlement program. And it's gone up and down. The first couple of years were really intense and a lot of activity. Then we went into a period when it wasn't quite as active, but I think we all remember how much activity there was in 2015-2016. Before that, we were bringing maybe about 100-200 people a year, but in 2015, we had people coming to us all the time from all the five provinces that we work. In 2015, we put in sponsorships for 1,200 people. And just to give you a little bit of perspective, uh, the year before that, it was about 100 people. So wow, it, it, was, it was a big jump. Yeah. Uh, 2016 was our second largest number of people that we resettled in Canada ever. In 1980, we settled about 2,100 people. But in 2016, we helped 1,800 people settle into Canada. So if you look at 2014 as a benchmark, we had a basically a tenfold increase uh, from 2014 to 2016. Now we're not quite as busy. It's it's only five times of what we used to do, but it's still a busy time, and a lot of people are coming to a lot of sponsors in Canada and saying, "We want to bring people to Canada as, who are refugees." In 2015, 2014, we know it was the beginning or the middle, I guess, of the Syrian refugee crisis. What do you think moved Canadians into action with refugee work in a way that they hadn't been before? Well, in some ways, it was very similar to what happened in 1979, 1980. Uh, Back then, if you remember, the the Vietnam War had just uh, come to an end, and a lot of people were seeing images on television, seeing people fleeing in boats. And people back there in in Canada and the United States and a lot of places said, we have to do something. And people started coming to people like MCC and other church groups saying, we need to do more. So looking back at September 2015, there was the image of Alan Curdy, who had had, uh, with his family, they were trying to flee to Europe and uh, he unfortunately drowned. People saw that image and it really said made them think we need to do something another thing that people have talked about is back then and and today is their faith Um, people have said we as christians are called to welcome the stranger that's what's something that they said back then and that's something that a lot of people came to us and said again in 2015 
another thing was that uh, people remembered their own stories of being fleeing from situations and saying, now it's time for me to help the next one. So those are some of the reasons that people came back in 2016 and back at the beginning of this program. Yeah. Let's dig a little bit into that Christian imperative to work with refugees. Brian, tell me how the MCC presents that. To, I, I mean, I'm sure in your constituency, you don't need to do a lot of convincing about that. But just speak to that for a moment, if you can, for someone who may not have given that thought before. Well, a, a passage that, that uh, we have turned to a lot is the idea from Matthew 25, where Jesus says, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. So when we welcome the stranger, we are welcoming Christ. So that is one place that I think a lot of people turn to when they're, when they're thinking about why they're involved in this. But it goes back to the Old Testament and in terms of thinking about how we re- need to remember our own past. Leviticus 19 is, is one that people often turn to where it says, you need to remember that once you were a sojourner in the land. And so because of that, you need to treat the sojourners in the land uh, with respect and treat them as they are a part of the community. Another thing, though, is that um, people will say that as they experience reaching out to the newcomer, it, it is really a way that they understand God in a new way. Many places in the Bible, you see that God is encountered when somebody meets a stranger. Um, the, the story of the road to Emmaus, the disciples are walking along the road, and they're walking with a stranger who is talking to them. And it is only at the end when they break bread, they realize that they were actually speaking with Jesus. Hebrews uh, talks about uh, those who entertain strangers are entertaining angels unaware. So there are many places where we encounter the divine when we encounter the stranger. It is a it is a beautiful work. Um, I was involved in it myself in our and uh, when we lived in Port Perry, we started a group with a number of other churches, and we sponsored families to come. And I think one of the early learnings for us was that it wasn't going to be quite what we expected, that we may have had some ideas about what it was going to be like to do this work, and uh, we were really learning on the go. And I wondered if you could speak to that, Brian, about, um, yeah, expectations and then the reality of the hard work, really, of raising the money and then helping the refugees settle, which I think is when the real work actually begins. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's not always easy. It's not always uh, um, something that you, you feel like you're called to do, but uh, it is something that you have to figure out how you deal with the challenges. I think that one of the things that, that I tell groups often is to make sure that you manage your expectations, but also you'll need to make sure that the people who are coming, the newcomers, are managing their expectations. A lot of times people come here with a certain sense of what it means to be in Canada that is, um, is skewed. Uh, it's skewed by the media, by films and television that portray the U.S. and Canada, and that's what they think life is like. And of course, we all know life isn't like it is portrayed in movies and television. So making sure that they understand that this is what, what it's going to be, that it's going to be difficult, but that you are going to be there with them. 
and having an understanding that too that these people have come from a very difficult situation often they they have seen terrible things experienced terrible things they've had health problems because of lack of resources and so uh, it's going to be a, a lot of work to make sure that they get the the support they need uh, the the medical support they need the support to learn the language, English or French, the, the support to find schooling. It's going to be a lot of work, but hopefully over the period of a year, people will become more independent and they'll be able to take control of their lives again. And that's really what this is all about. Brian, can you walk us through the timeline um and the process, you know, briefly, so people who maybe haven't been involved in this work understand exactly what it means. So if a group approaches you as a sponsorship agreement holder, what happens then? Well, if a group comes to us and says, we don't know any refugees in the world, help us get involved in this. What we'll do is we'll go to a list that the the Government of Canada has on a website, uh, which will be a list of people who have already been approved by the Canadian government to resettle in Canada, but might need some extra help. We'll go to that list and see if we can match them with a family or a person that's about the size that they they think that they can manage. Uh, we'll tell them a little bit about what they know, but we generally don't know much beyond the ages of, of the children. We might know a little bit about their vocation. Um, we'll know certainly where they come from. Um, but we won't often know a great deal about it. We'll, once the group says, yes, this is a group, this is a family or an individual we think we can handle, then we'll talk to them about how much money they need to raise. And it's generally, um, in those particular cases, the government will provide six months of the financial support. Uh, we are expected to provide the other six months of the financial support uh, in the first year. After the first year, if they still need um, support, they are able to go on the provincial social assistance program. So that's the first step is matching and then talking to them about how much money that they'll need to uh, raise or put into this to, to make sure that the person is, is going to be taken care of in the first 12 months that they're in Canada. After that, we talk to them a little bit about um, what's needed, uh, what are the responsibilities, and the, they'll need to find a, a doctor and, and a dentist. Often people who have been uh, refugees, uh, they have very, uh, very a lot of dental problems, and so making sure that they can find that, access to medical support. Helping them line up uh, with uh, language classes, helping the children enroll in school, uh, those are the sort of things that, that we talk to them about, and we, we work with them on getting what is called a settlement plan, a plan of how you're going to work with this these newcomers to uh, integrate into your community. So those are the basic steps that we take when someone wants to get involved. Okay, and then when um, the refugee family arrives in a Canadian community, this group is you know, basically walking with them for 12 months. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, our, our legal commitment is for 12 months, the first 12 months that they're in Canada. But often the the uh, the relationship can go years and even decades. I, I know people who were resettling refugees in the early 
uh, 1980s who still connect with the people they've sponsored with. But that's that's our legal responsibility anyway. Are there some typical um, things that go wrong that you could warn people about that just maybe common mistakes? Sure. Well, I talked a little bit already about managing expectations, and I think that's the first thing. And the way you manage expectations is to be, at the very beginning, talk about what um, you are about this relationship and what you are going to be providing and what you expect from from the newcomers. So that's that's an important thing to make sure that you have communication right at the beginning. Maybe write up something and have it translated and say this is this is how our relationship will go for the next twelve months. Um, often um, uh, disagreements will will come up around. Uh, finances. And uh, uh, there may be other aspects to it, but uh, making sure that you understand that that uh, what uh, what you are going to be providing and, and make sure that that's all very clear. And, and at the same time saying, but we're going to be here for you. Uh, whatever you need, we are going to provide you. But this is, this is what we're providing financially. So those are some of the things that, that uh, have gone wrong in the past um, and how you can avoid that. Another thing is uh, family dynamics. Um, when you come to a new place, um, the way that um, the, the people understand family uh, can be very different. Um, the, the dynamics can between parents and children uh, can often be challenging. The children will pick up the culture and the language much faster, and in some ways can be in a in a position of control. And so you can have a a parent child um, um, disagreements going on in that. Uh, you can also have um, challenges between uh, uh, husbands and wives because uh, they had a certain way of functioning in in the place where they came from and uh, the the culture and and the way things are happening in Canada may be different and so put on different uh, expectations and so uh, that's another possibility that family challenge can also be extended to the extended family who if you sometimes will have family members who are already here in Canada and uh, have a certain expectation and understanding, and they have a certain understanding and expectation of what the newcomers will be doing, and the newcomers may not always agree. So, so having uh, family discussions about what what will be happening and, and keeping an eye on on that sort of thing is is another important thing to think about yeah when i mean i know every experience is probably a, a mix of you know things that go well and things that maybe don't go well and we're, we're all learning but when it unfolds beautifully brian what what does it look like and what does it feel like for everyone involved Oh yeah, I mean it. It it can feel very much like uh, an awkward situation. I mean, we'll, what will they think about our food? Um, what will they think about um, the way we live? What will they think about everything? And 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 you can be afraid to to do anything. And but sometimes it just feels like you're sitting down together and talking like old friends. And it and it feels like you know. A window's open and feels like a piece of heaven is all of a sudden there, and the way we've been meant to be to 
to to meet with people across cultures and get to know each other in that way. But uh, it, it it's not always that way. What is your encouragement that you would offer uh, to, say, a, a church group who has not done that, this before, but they're thinking about it? How would you encourage them to move along? Well, I think it's important to talk to somebody who's done this, uh, talk to a sponsorship group, and and ask them to explain really the process. Um, but it, after they understand what's involved in it, I usually encourage a group to 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 get together and pray about it and think about is this a ministry we as a group are called to we as a church are called to and if they say that then move ahead and 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 work with this and and move slowly and deliberately making sure that you understand what you're getting yourself into but also decisively if it's not something that you feel called to that's fine but it's important to ask yourself as as a church what ministry are we called to and one thing that uh, happened for us when we started get it, to get involved in this work was we realized that we didn't have to reinvent you know the wheel there there are actually a lot of resources out there to help you a understand the process because some of the terms can be confusing at first and just the timelines of it but also what to do when the family arrives that there there is actually a lot of help for churches Oh, absolutely. There is. Uh, I mean, the, the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, we're working at uh, developing a resource, and that should be out soon. Uh, I think that uh, there's all sorts of other places, and, and to know what is available in your community is a really important thing. Uh, the Government of Canada sponsors or, or provides a lot of resources for uh, immigrants to, to Canada, and sponsoring groups have access to those things, access to the language classes, access to um, help on developing a, a, a resume for a job, helping them think through how they get work. Um, so the, the resources are there. And there's also an, an agency that that is um, funded by the government that has uh, an excellent website um, for sponsors. It's the Refugee Sponsorship Training Program, and the website is rstp.ca. So if you're thinking about it, I suggest go to that website and it'll tell you all the things you really need to know. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to more and to subscribe to Faith Today, Canada's Christian magazine, please visit www.faithtoday.com theefc.ca forward slash faith today.